welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Daily Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Guys, I am still feeling like I am fresh off of my Vegas trip. It hit me like a wrecking ball. Um, Actually, I will say when I was there, I was really a trooper, guys. I did not take a single nap. I went to the club with my mom at like... We were out till 1 a.m. We were gambling at 1 a.m. This is very unlike me. You know I'm usually in bed by 10 type of gal. So, you know, I was pretty proud of myself. But then when I got back, I always say that that time change from the West Coast, it always kills me. And so even though it's an hour, you know, it's not as far back as California, it still affects me when I come back to the East Coast. But while I was there, I was doing great. I had so much fun at the Jonas Brothers concert. Seeing my dad there was hilarious because he just sat the entire time. We obviously stood the entire time. And he said, you know, I don't know how women don't rule the world because he's like, this is incredible. Like the pure passion that is in this theater right now. And I have said that so many times. Like, And the Jonas Brothers concert was nothing compared to a Harry Styles concert, a One Direction concert. I would say it's not even half as insane as a Justin Bieber concert. You know, those are all on a different level that I just think if he went to one of those, his mind would literally be even more blown. Yeah, it was my first time in Vegas. I've never been before. And it was an experience. Like there's so many cities you kind of want to compare it to. You're like, there's elements of it that kind of feel like a New Orleans because you have like all the Fat Tuesdays and the daiquiris. There's elements of it that feel, you know, more West Coast, almost like an LA, but then you're in the middle of the desert. There's a Miami feel to it with all the big mega clubs, but it's, it's truly a world onto its own. And there's just, I've never experienced a city like it. It really was a liminal place. It was a fever dream. I would definitely go back. I probably need about like two years before I go back again. But I think it's so fun. And next time I go, I would love to go to some of the shows that are always there. Like I've never seen a Cirque du Soleil show. Um, I love magic, honestly. I'd love to go to a magician show, maybe one of the comedians. But seeing the Jonas Brothers, like that was hard to top for me. Oh, and I wanted to see Katy Perry. I was really sad because she had just restarted her residency and she was playing on Saturday night. And we went to the Jonas Brothers Sunday night. And I would have loved to do like a doubleheader. I'm, I like Katy Perry. You know, she's one of those ones where it's like, you know, every single song she's going to play. And that's very satisfying when you go to a concert. Have I told you guys that Kenzie is trying to get into DJing? Mainly, I'm kind of forcing it upon her, but she really has an ear for music. And every time we'll be out, she'll be like, this song would sound so good mashed up with this song. So I convinced my grandparents to get her a DJ board for Christmas. And she's been playing around on it. And it is my goal that by her birthday in May, she has like some mixes. She could maybe do like a short little set. She's, again, not a club girl, but I think she could play like the cool there's this area in town it's called the 500 block and they're more kind of lo-fi alternative but they still have djs a lot and so it's my goal for her to play down there and me go support her and just be in her little dj booth like hyping her up i mean that's the dream um but again it's just hilarious she didn't even make it to the club if that's any indication of her also being a embedded 10 kind of girly Okay, moving on to pop culture. Since we last spoke, Rihanna announced her pregnancy, even though I really didn't think her Super Bowl performance was much of an announcement. Like, maybe she was trying to make it clear. She was kind of rubbing her stomach. Obviously, her jumpsuit kind of had it out. But I know a lot of people were just like, oh, is she postpartum still? Like, she is postpartum still. Or is she newly pregnant? And, um... It was the latter, but it, you know, it was confirmed by her reps right after. But during the show, I don't think she was really making that the focal point. Like, you know, when 
uh, Beyonce announced at the Billboard Awards. It was definitely an announcement. Like, she unleashed the belly. She rubbed it. She made it really obvious. Rihanna's was a little more subtle, uh, but I loved it. I, I loved her performance personally. I loved the dancers. I thought they were so talented. Another fun little story that happened since we last spoke was Emily Ratajkowski and Eric Andre having a little fling. Um, I don't know if it's still going on, but they were spotted courtside at a basketball game. And then on Valentine's Day, they posted a naked picture of the two of them. Like it was Emily taking a photo in the picture of her naked. And then Eric is lounging on the couch naked. So that was intriguing. This also supports my theory that she goes for guys that are like a little bit ugly. Like I think Eric is very charming, seems so delightful. She loves a funny guy, but I mean, he's not, you know, it was a kind way of saying this. His looks are not on the same level as Emily's, right? But wish them the best. Very excited to see who her next ugly dude she picks is if this one, you know, doesn't last. All right, let's get into our first article of the day. All right, first up, Planning the Pelts Beckham Wedding Sounds Chaotic as Hell by Danielle Cohen. Now, if you need a reminder, last April, Brooklyn Beckham, that is the son of Victoria Beckham, aka Posh Spice, and David Beckham, got married to Nicola Peltz, who is the daughter of a model and a billionaire named Nelson Peltz. And I was engaged in this wedding because it was taking place in Palm Beach, which is very close to where I live, because her dad has this huge oceanfront estate there. And there were a ton of celebrities in town for the event. I, of course, sadly did not see any of them. But, you know, it was exciting. There was a chance that you maybe could, right? So basically, details of the wedding planning came to light because Nelson Peltz, that's Nicola's dad, the billionaire, he just sued the wedding planners for their wedding. Their names are Nicole and Ariana. They work with planned design events. And he's suing them because he's saying that they failed to return a $159,000 deposit. And then they filed a countersuit against him seeking damages for breach of contract and calling him a, quote, billionaire bully and basically put them through wedding planning hell. Now, to us normal folk, $159,000 is a very significant amount, like 100,000%. That is a huge amount of money. But when you're a billionaire, that's sort of a drop in the bucket. Like, I barely think he would bat an eye over losing $159,000. So to me, this seems very personal in a way, or maybe he's just very litigious and always sues people. But clearly, these are just too young. They look fairly young. I would say they're either in their 30s or early 40s, just a small design firm. And the fact that he's suing them for this and then making them front all the attorney's fees that it takes to defend a huge lawsuit like this, I don't know. It just seems very petty to me. And I think they definitely 100% believe they are in the right based on the fact that they countersued and aren't just returning this alleged deposit. I'm guessing they feel like they did $159K worth of work. And I believe that because they were one of three wedding planners that this family cycled through. They had one guy who dropped out, then they bring in this firm, and then about two weeks before the wedding, he hires another wedding planner. So, like, what a mess. But these lawsuits are very enlightening because we get a lot of text messages between the Peltz family and the wedding planners, and it's just kind of off the wall. Like, I know this is not low-stakes drama for these people being sued, but to me, this is the kind of low-stakes drama that I really live for in the celebrity world. 
For example, there was a lot of drama over Lewis Hamilton. He's an F1 driver. Oh, he's so beautiful. I wish he had been in town. Wow. So there was this big kerfuffle over the fact that the wedding planner still had him on the guest list when he had not RSVP'd that he was coming. So Nicola texts, Lewis Hamilton did not RSVP. So explain why his name is on the list, please. And she just goes off. So there's all these texts about her being so annoyed about everything she's having to do with the guest list. And hey, I get it. I mean, not from firsthand experience, but I know wedding planning is a very stressful event. But this girl just sounds like a bitch and a half. I'm sorry. I got to say it. And then, but I did like this part. She was very concerned about uh, Florida governor and as the cut writes, generally aberrant politician Ron DeSantis as tending. I am not a Ron DeSantis fan one bit, in case you were wondering, since I am a, you know, I'm a proud Floridian, but that man can suck it. And I will say that uh, her father is very supportive of the Republican uh, Party in general through his dollars, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm sure he's thrown quite a bit of money Ron's way. But she apparently texted, DeSantis must be all caps off the guest list. Please confirm. (laughs) And Danielle, who wrote the article, says, frankly, I would be using the same tone if I thought DeSantis might come to my wedding. And then I loved this part about how Brooklyn just was not to be trusted with any of the wedding planning. Like the the wedding planners asked him to weigh in on something and Nicola texted them and said, I do not trust Brooklyn with this. You should be asking an assistant. He has no idea and is guessing, which frankly I would think is most husbands dealing with wedding planning. So, you know, I guess if there's anything about this family, that's somewhat relatable. Um, and one of the things he had a lot of thoughts on was having a Wendy's food truck, which another fun fact is that Nelson Peltz, her father is the chairman of Wendy's, which, you know, convenient. And it says in the countersuit, so the suit that the planners filed, that Brooklyn weighed in extensively on the wedding burgers, which were named after him and his bride. (laughs) They have him planning a double or single burger dubbed the Brooklyn and a lettuce instead of bun and meat for the girls named after pelts. And as many people posed in the comments, it says lettuce instead of bun and meat. So I'm like, was this just a lettuce burger with sauce and cheese? Frankly, sounds super dismal. Okay, there's only so long that I can talk about, you know, rich people problems. So let's move on to our next article. That guy, Lucas Gage, is everywhere. That was his plan all along by Ira Madison III. Before we get into this article, did you guys see that Lucas Gage and Chris Appleton are dating? So Lucas Gage, he's been in a lot of bit parts lately, but he's very popular on the internet, I would say. Uh, He had a a part in this current season of You. He was in White Lotus, um, Euphoria. And then Chris Appleton, I'd say he's most famous for being the hairstylist for the Kardashians. Y'all, please don't give me bad ratings for my dogs barking. Like, they're on one today. I'm sorry. That being said, please feel free to give me five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. One of the things I found fascinating about this particular profile is that Ira, who wrote it, is actually friends with Lucas. And Ira is actually the host of Keep It, which is a very popular pop culture podcast. This pop culture podcast uh, wishes it was on Keep It's level. So the two of them, Ira and Lucas, they meet at Moe's House of Axe, and it's a weekday afternoon. I've actually never been to one of those axe-throwing places. I have no desire to go. I've always thought the idea of drinking and axe-throwing just 
not it for me. Just from a liability standpoint, I don't even know how these places get insured. This particular one has a three drink limit. Maybe that's how they get around it. But that's not stopping people from pregaming and showing up blasted and then throwing a axe around. No, thank you. Like nothing about that sounds fun to me. And knowing my luck, I'd be one of those people who it's not that I hurt someone else with it, but I would, you know, whack my own head with it. And, and that would be the end of me. What what an awful way to go. Iris says this is his first interview he's done where the, where the subject comfortably borrowed my vape. Strawberry. Yum. Lucas says before insisting I'm quitting. I actually first became aware of Lucas when he famously was on a Zoom call with a director and the director thought he was on mute and started talking shit about Lucas's apartment, which was just such a low blow because A, it was during the pandemic and B, like clearly he was a young emerging actor trying to get roles. Like, of course, he wasn't going to be staying in the lap of luxury. Like, I don't know what this guy expected. And Lucas never named the director, but apparently the director himself came out and apologized, which honestly, I feel like he might have been better just kind of like brushing it under the rug because no one would have been able to pinpoint that it was him. But I think there was enough rumors going around that people figured out who it was. So he kind of felt like he had to. His name is Tristram Shapiro, just to fall like call him out one more time. Lucas just is always out and about being friends with everyone. He's friends with Meg Stalter, who I loved on the show Hacks. He's friends with Maude Apatow, uh, Jude Apatow's son, son, sorry, daughter. She was on Euphoria. He was recently spotted in bed with Katie Maloney uh, from Vanderpump Rules, which I really enjoyed because he, not that long ago, mm, I guess it was almost a year now, was at a party that at TomTom and Katie was there. And it was just this really delightful gathering of people such a crossover of like legit actors and reality stars which you you know I love a high low moment but that sparked dating rumors I thought there was no way they were dating like he's famously a gal pal and now we know that he at least you know I don't know if he's gay or bi but he definitely dates men but he said I love how I'm Tom Schwartz's enemy now he jokes before confirming that him and Katie are just friends and that they hung out at a Vanderpump party at Tom Tom in West Hollywood so this article actually came out right before it was sort of released that he was dating Chris Appleton and even the in the article it talks about how Lucas a lot of times gets accused of queer baiting but again clearly he is queer and to me it kind of always seemed obvious that he was queer so I don't know why he would get such shit for that but yeah. And I've always thought his vibe is so fun. I just love it. He kind of is effervescent. I feel like whenever you see him on screen, whenever you see him interacting online, and there's so many parts of this interview that just sealed the deal for me. It said, this is the type of guy for whom reality television is a piece of art and genuine friendships can be formed with a click quick delivery of a DM. And as someone who clearly worships at the altar of reality TV and has also been guilty of sliding into some celebrity DMs, clearly this spoke to me. It says, wherever Gage goes, you're sure to find a hodgepodge of celebrities in tow. He recently befriended Real Housewives of Salt Lake City's Heather Gay when they appeared together on Watch What Happens Live and rented a limo to go out with Andy Cohen. If I had to describe my perfect night, somewhere in that list would be like being in a limo with reality stars. So the way this just makes my heart shine. I love it so much. Um, oh, and Maude was also there. They also had other friends. I mean, it's just so fun. And then they ended up at Heather Gay's hotel room and he was crying on her shoulder about how he had been bullied in middle school. <laughs> he says it was the most random night of all time. Random, but also my dream night is all I have to say. 
he mentions in this article that Joe Jonas is his favorite Jonas brother, which I found very relevant after my past weekend. Joe was just killing it up there. Like he doesn't play an instrument. He's the only one who doesn't. He just bops around, dances, has a great time, had a red solo cup a lot of the time, which I'm not sure what he was drinking, but he seemed to be loving it. And again, as if I couldn't love this man Lucas enough, he then is done with the axe throwing. He's over it. And he says, I suck. Let's drink. And he then continues to order a hot toddy and a plate of chicken. And now while I don't eat chicken, I fucks hard with a hot toddy, which is ironic because I'm not a whiskey gal, but put it in some tea with some lemon and honey. And I am there, honey. I am a hot toddy for a hot toddy. So again, I know this is just the charm of Lucas, but I'm still convinced that if we met, we'd be friends. He says for a classic night out, he'll rent a limousine. He'll go to a chain restaurant like Chili's, which he says is a big part of his upbringing. He says it like a mischievous teen looking for debauchery after prom, which, by the way, he didn't end up attending. And there's just something about a suburbia restaurant. Like, I love a good local place. That's always my go-to. I'm always going to want to go somewhere local. I love a little hole in the wall. But those days when I go to like the little outlet mall, I just cruise around town in my car. I hit up a chain restaurant. I go to a TJ Maxx. I just look around and I say, bless suburbia. I mean, it really, it treats me well. Life is so easy in suburbia. And sometimes for me, that is what the Chili's signifies, you know? And speaking of, I haven't been to a Chili's in a long time and I'm down. I want to go to a Chili's and an Applebee's. They've been doing a lot of marketing lately and I'm convinced, like sign me the hell up. And then this article ends with this statement. It says, if there's one life lesson to be learned from Gage, it may just be not to live every night like you're going to prom, but to live it up so much that you never actually make it there. The destination isn't the point after all. It's about who you're with. And Gage knows that better than anyone. Uh, I just, I love him. I'm just manifesting that I meet him on the streets of New York one day and then we end up in a limo together at night. I'll let you guys know if that ever happens. You know, help, help me manifest it. All right, we're moving on to another charmer. This one is My Meet Cute with Jonathan Majors. Everyone seems to be in love with the newest MCU star, but he's more than a pretty face by Tahira Hairston. So she gets to go on this cute little date with him. They go to the Whitney Museum. They're viewing the Edward Hopper exhibit. And Jonathan has this adorable idea that they should sneak in their drinks. Jonathan's been in a lot recently. I watched him in Lovecraft Country. He was in Loki. So now he's in the Marvel Universe and he's going to be in Creed 3, which uh, co-stars Michael B. Jordan. So a lot of eye candy there. I've actually never seen any of the Creeds and I really want to. I hear they are so good. But back to their date at the Whitney. He apparently always carries around this like ceramic coffee mug. So he convinces Tahira that they're going to sneak in their coffees and he puts it in their pocket and he's like, we're just going to be like all sneaky and cute. I really appreciate her objectifying description of him. She says the 33 year old actor is irresistible. He's tall and muscular, which means he's a great hugger. He's fine. A chiseled jawline, a striking nose and full pillowy lips. He's a dog lover. He has four hero, magi, poet and captain. And he has a goofy personality that seems to make him unaware of his effect on you how could I say no to his little coffee hiding thing so she hides her little chai latte behind her purse and in they go 
Okay, so I meant to watch this and I haven't yet, but apparently back in 2020, he did a little feature with Vogue where they followed him around for one of those videos where they follow an actor for 24 hours to see how they spend their day. And it says he wakes up, meditates, drinks tea, walks his dog, takes a nap, plays his guitar, rides his bike, and does his skincare routine. I mean, that sounds so lovely and relaxing. And she writes that most of the women I know have been convinced that the actor would be their ideal man after watching that because he takes such good care of himself. So, you know, he's obviously going to treat you well. But I'm like, maybe he doesn't have time to treat you well when he's doing all this skincare routine. I don't know. But I do love a man with a skincare routine. I think it's very important because like... I touched my brother's face one time and it felt like sandpaper. I probably said this on here before. Like, it's really disturbed me. I'm like, dude, moisturize your face immediately. And if I ever have a boyfriend or significant other, I will be telling them the same thing. SPF and moisturizer and maybe a little toner if you're trying to get crazy. But I love this. Jonathan says that if he was trying to impress someone on a date, he would bake a chicken, do some homemade frites where he buys the potatoes and chops them up, a green salad and a good wine. I mean, you cannot go wrong with that combo. Again, he would have to get me some like fake chicken, but or a fish, a nice fish. But I love it. It's perfect. So simple, but simple, simple works. Also, beyond all of this, he also went to Yale. So he's smart. And he says that for all of his smarts, he genuinely does not know why everyone seems to be in love with him. It's a mystery, he says. It's so strange because growing up in my neighborhood, people would say, oh, Jay with the big nose and the big lips. I was just not that guy. But he really wants to star in a romantic comedy, which I think he would be perfect for. He says he falls in love every day and cries probably a few times a week. He says life is so beautiful. Love is everywhere. I mean, I'm really starting to get it. How can you not fall in love with this man? This also cracked me up (laughs) because the author of the article asks him, for a way to fall in love in 48 hours and he says send a text message with a song my song of choice would be come over by Aaliyah. then only wear sweatpants you then have to watch love jones slash love and basketball after that the song you should be playing is whenever wherever whatever by maxwell the next day send them another song by maxwell with i thought you'd like this and it works both ways if a woman did that to me i'd lose my mind for a foolproof breakup, first play Creep by TLC on repeat, then hum it in the morning. Then watch Blue Valentine with your partner and your cat. Then play No Scrubs, at which point you would have completely ended your relationship. I appreciate anyone that thinks things through to this level of detail. Again, you know it's my favorite thing to ask. Like, what is your ideal day and how would you spend it? And if you don't have a really detailed answer on lock, I'm immediately skeptical. I'm like, how haven't you thought about this one million times? I, due to my lack of romance in my life, have never thought about how I would fall in love and then subsequently break up with someone in 48 hours, but I can still see the value in this. And then at the end, they make a bet if the painting Nighthawks is at the museum, and Jonathan says if the painting is at the museum, he will send flowers. And she's like, no, no, let's go to lunch together instead, which bold move. I love it. And the painting was actually not there. It was still at uh, the Institute of Chicago, but he still took her out for lunch. So he's just a real winner. I'm rooting for him. Okay, we have made it to our blind item of the day, and I thought this one was just too fitting. I realized I had already shared 
one about Nicola Peltz when we talked about her wedding last year when it was happening. But this blind is very recent. It came out on February 1st, 2023. And it says, if you want to be on the board at Disney, one of the best ways to make sure that doesn't happen is to be a billionaire and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on litigation against a small wedding planner business, which will drive them into bankruptcy. Plus, everyone knows the litigation is likely to last longer than the actual marriage itself. I mean, this is so shady on so many levels, but clearly the person who wants to be on the board is Nelson Peltz. That's Nicola's dad, Brooklyn's now father-in-law. And we talked about, you know, him filing this about plan design events. That's the wedding planner business. And the wedding that he thinks will not last is clearly that between Nicola and Brooklyn. Again, this is crazy days and nights. He's notoriously pretty shady. You don't know if it's fact, but everything in this has been kind of confirmed. I mean, it's pretty out in the open that Nelson does want to be on the board at Disney. This lawsuit is public. It was filed. And so the only conjecture is really whether the lawsuit will last longer than Nicola and Brooklyn's, you know, marriage. I could kind of see them being like a Haley and Justin. I would say that most people did not think Justin and Haley would last this long, myself included. So I can see Nicola and Brooklyn kind of hanging in there. I feel like it's almost this optimism of youth where they don't really feel like their life is wasting away yet. So they are a little more willing to stay in something. So I could see that being the case for these two. But either way, I'm rooting for the wedding planners. I really hope they come out ahead in this. And I guess that means we've made it to legit shit for the day. But before that, I forgot to tell you guys, I was so happy because when I was in Vegas, like I had just gotten there and I got this notification that I had won a micro needling facial from the place where I get my Botox. And let me just tell you, I thought that meant that I was going to be winning all the jackpots in Vegas. I was like, I'm on a lucky streak. Like, let's go. And I mean, that didn't happen. But I still think, guys, that like, this is just a reminder that manifestation works in funny ways. Like it might just be winning a stupid little Instagram contest, but I win a lot of stupid little Instagram contests. So this is my sign out to you guys that you should enter as many of them as you can and let me know if you're successful and how it's going for you. Because sometimes it takes time, you know, it doesn't happen right away. You just have to trust the process. I'm sorry that this episode was a little short this week. I promise like next time I won't be coming off a Vegas trip. Uh, I will hopefully not be dealing with my dogs being complete psychos and it'll just be, it'll be better. But I hope you still enjoyed this episode. And for this week's legit shit, I want to talk about the famous clip on selfie light. Now this was popularized on TikTok. And my warning to you is that when you take this out and you try to use it in a dark place or in a dark restaurant, you will get yelled at probably not by anyone else in the restaurant, but by your friends, your family. I am shameless. If you go out to dinner with me, I'm going to try to whip this out. And, you know, I say I'm shameless, but do I feel a little awkward? Will I try to get my photo and video as quick as possible so I'm not bothering anyone? Yes. But you know what makes it take longer is when you're bitching at me for bringing the light out. Just let me shine it for a second. Let me get my content. And then we don't have to worry about that again. And once you see how good this makes your face look, the way it just smooths everything out, you're going to get it too. Like you're going to understand the hype of this late. So even if you are not a, you know, content creator, check out this light. You can clip it onto your computer. If you want to look better in Zoom meetings, you can clip it on your phone. It's very versatile. I have a lot of similar 
I won't, I won't say similar because they're not clip-on, but I have a lot of light options and this one's the easiest to use and it really does provide just so much brightness when you're taking any sort of video or anything in low light. And I'm telling you, it just gives your face that airbrushed look. So of course, it will be linked in the show notes. Thank you guys again for listening and I'll see you next week. Bye!